Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. Our guest this episode is physical therapist Jeremy Smith. Jeremy works at the Atletico Elgin Clinic and is a golf performance expert, working with golfers of all skill levels to improve their body's movement within the golf swing. Awesome. So let's uh, start with, can you give a, kind of a background, a background about what you do and um, you know, where you're, you work right now and, and the type of people that you help? Sure. Um, I am currently a physical therapist with Athletico Physical Therapy. Um, I manage and work out of the Elgin facility. Uh, I work with all sorts of different patients anywhere from neck pain to back pain to knee pain, um, anybody from a high school athlete to professional athletes to, you know, the 90-year-old who just has imbalance deficits and everything in between. And you have a, uh, a pretty good connection with the world of golf. Can you kind of talk about uh, how you found this connection to connect what you're doing and uh, with golfers as well. Yeah, so um, I started playing golf when I was about 12. Uh, I was a, a pretty small as a kid. I was only about five foot one when I got into high school. So it was a pretty easy decision for me on what sport to play between, between football and golf. Um, so I, I started getting really into golf about my sophomore year of high school, started getting competitive. Uh, I had a pretty good junior year, so my dad and I started looking at, at schools where I could get a, a good education as well as continue to play golf, and I ended up at um, a Division three school where I was able to, to play some golf, um, but mostly went for education. Um, Augustina has a really good biology and, and science program, so that that's kind of where I landed, and um, you know, my love of golf has always kind of driven what I'm going to do. And as I got into physical therapy school and into my graduate studies, um, you know, I, I really started looking at how the body moves more, and a lot of that is attributed to where I went to school. And um, we did an assessment of my back because I was having some back pain during the golf swing, and uh, the instructor actually found um, a hip limitation that was restricting the amount that I could rotate and creating my back pain. Um, so we just did a minor tweak to the swing, and it decreased my pain, and it actually improved my ball striking. And it, it was just a light bulb at that moment in time. Like, you know, this, there's a lot of things that could be taught to the amateur as well as the professional golfer about how the body moves to help, you know, prevent injury as well as you know, improve performance. And so I, as I got out of school, I started looking into some of the, the courses, the Nike um, had one for a while. I think that's gone. They're, they're revamping it. Titleist is known for their Titleist Performance Institute. So that's that's where I started. Um, you know, I came out and just started working with patients, and then I got into the golf stuff, and, and it just kind of took off from there. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with uh, Jake Thurm then and uh, working with him and some of his uh, students as well. Yeah, so about um, – about a year and a half after I was with Athletico, I got the opportunity to take over the uh, the golf program at our Oakbrook facility. Um, the golf program was, was really strong for a while, um, and, and it just kind of fell off the map a little bit. And and I wanted to bring it back to its to its original 
strong sense and Athletico being known for the place to go for golf. So um, I just I, I just went out like I would any any other physician or referral source. I just went into their offices. I went to multiple different clubs and talked to multiple different professionals and, and teaching professionals and um, just kind of told them what I was doing and, and what I wanted to do for them. And I got a lot of backlash from that, from, from a lot of the uh, the instructors, because some of my predecessors would kind of step over the line, and they would try to teach, you know, they would try to teach the swing, which is not our job as a physical therapist and as, as a fitness instructor. Um, you know, so I was trying to get them to give me another chance. And, and Jake, uh, I walked into his office and, and spoke with him, and uh, he, he told me that he had a guy. And I was like, okay, that, uh, do you mind me asking who it was? And it, it was a guy that was downtown, and a lot of people seemed to use him. Um, so I, I told Jake, I go, I go, if, if you're willing, I, I'd love for you to come over to the Oakwood facility. It's literally 10 minutes away. Uh, you know, I can do a full assessment on you for free, and, you know, we'll take a look at how you're moving, and, and you know, that way you can have a better sense as to what I'm offering. So – I gave him my card and I walked out thinking, all right, I, I got beat down again and I, I wasn't going to make any connections and it was going to be a lot harder than I thought it was. And, and by the time I got back to my office, I had an email from, from Jake who um, he had said, you know, I'll take you up on that offer. You know, I'll, I'll give you a shot. So he came in, we did the assessment, and it wasn't until after I was done that he told me that he had been PPI certified as an instructor. <laughs> And uh, I was like, okay. He goes, but a lot, some of the things that you looked at and some of the things that you did are different than what they do. Do you mind me asking why you did that? And I said, well, I think the TPI program is, is good for a beginner. I was like, but I don't consider myself a beginner, so I take it one step beyond that. And so then we just had a conversation about that, and it, it developed into a friendship. And, and, you know, eventually he did start sending clients over to get assessed and he, and he realized the amount of information that I could give him will actually make his job easier. So by telling him how the patient moves and how the client moves, he knows whether or not that person can get into the position that he wants them in. If they can't achieve a position in the swing because of limitations in their body, then there's no point in trying to, to harp on that. we got to get the club to this position because if your body can't create that motion, you're never going to get the club there. So then can you talk a little bit about the assessment? Because that seems like the building, the, the foundation of everything that you do. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you're looking for, what you're trying to identify within uh, the assessment like you gave Jake? Yeah, sure. Um, so it, it's a whole body assessment. You want to take a look at mobility and stability of every, essentially every different body part and joint. Um, the, major, the major moving muscles and, and joints in, in the swing are going to be your thoracic spine, your hips, and, and a little bit in your ankle. You want to you take a look at how those are moving specifically through functional motion. You can do a, you know, you can do a range of motion assessment like we would during physical therapy, but that's not going to tell you how they move during the swing. So you want to take a look at functional assessment. So one of the biggest tests that I look at, and, and it's done in the FMS, it's done in SFMA, it's done in the TPI program, everybody seems to look at this, is the overhead deep squat. Because you can get a lot of sense for how a person moves just with that one motion. Because you can see the ankles, the knees, the hips, the torso, 
and the shoulders and how all of those work in congruence to one another. Once I get a good look at that from different angles, then I target what areas I want to assess. Because if your knees are moving okay, then there's really no need for me to assess anything else besides that deep squat. Now, if, if you have an ankle flare or your toes, you know, you go up on your toes, then we need to take a look at ankle mobility and how, how, much, how much flexibility you have there. If you come forward in your torso, then I know there's probably a neuromuscular um, loss of your, your core contracting during a functional motion. You know, it's not necessarily weakness. As, a, as much as it is your neuromuscular control isn't there. So then we take a look at how those things are moving and, and whether you can dissociate appropriately. So it's hard to say that I look at, you know, a lot of people will say that you need to be systematic about it and look at specific things, but I, I'm just not that way. I take a look at the overhead deep squat. I take a look at balance. And then from there, I, I address what I think the problem areas may be, and, and I develop a program from that. And then with that program, are you, um, what's the next step after that? Are, are you prescribing uh, specific movements that they should be doing, or what typically comes with, uh, like, the next step after the assessment? Typically, next steps for me are I, I educate the patient or the client. I, I let them know, you know, here are some deficits in, in your overall functional motion that might be affecting your golf swing as well as your everyday life. Um, you know, education is, is one of the most important aspects of not only my everyday job, but especially when I talk to the golfer because they have so many different thoughts that are going through their head that, you know, if we can just get the body to move appropriately, some of those thoughts can go away. And so then we go over, I, I put together a full program for them. Um, I kind of I kind of leave it to the client as to you know I don't say all right you need to do this 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 and this on Monday this 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 and this on Tuesday I, I just give them a list of, of exercises with you know amount of reps and 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 sets and then kind of let them go after it on their own um, the majority of golfers that end up in in my room are the people that want to get better they want to move better. So you just give them enough information, and they're going to take it upon themselves. And that's what I want. You know, they, they shouldn't have to come see me every day in order to get better. You should be able to take a lot of this information and the exercises and implement it. And then in four to six weeks, we'll do a reevaluation. Um, I have a, a, a really good junior that is actually we're, we're trying to schedule getting together this week or next week because it's been um, six weeks since I did his initial evaluation. So we want to double check and kind of see where he's at, make sure he's been doing the right things, make sure he's been going in the right direction, and assess any other issues that might, might be coming up um, in order to, to make sure that he can get in the positions that he needs to get into. So. Again, it's not too structured. I leave it open to the client to, you know, if you want to get better, these are the things that you need to do. You need to focus on these ones, and here are some higher-level, you know, exercises once you get these ones down path. So since the majority of the uh, people that you see are, like you said, pretty motivated uh, to get better, is there a uh, common theme or are, are multiple themes that you seem to encounter in terms of, like a typical tightness here or uh, limited mobility here, or is it, is it really run the gamut? Because I would think that if you're a, a passionate golfer, obviously it's a, such a repetitive motion. Are there specific things that kind of reoccur with those types of folks? 
Yeah, it's a good question. And and Jake and I want to eventually take a look at how people move and then look at what their body tracks um, foot position and, and, and their weight bearing looks like and see if we can find some similarities to develop, okay, if, if this person has these faults in their body tracks, what are some areas that they can improve upon as far as their body is concerned? Um, you know, it's one of those things that we've talked about and just haven't sat down and done. But the majority of the golfers that I see, there's almost always limitations in thoracic mobility, which is your upper back, um, kind of between your shoulder blades. It goes from the base of your neck all the way down to what can, people consider the lumbar spine or the lower back, um, essentially your entire rib cage. It, I've heard some of the most respected physical therapists that I know um, state that as a as an industry, for, as physical therapy is concerned, we undertreat the thoracic spine, and I think that's the case in all functional movements because the amount of rotation that you can get from the thoracic spine is huge, and so we need to utilize that in order to decrease the amount of rotation that there is in the low back. People complain about low back pain a lot in golf because they're rotating from the wrong segments. So thoracic rotation is huge, and then hip mobility and stability. Some people are too flexible in the hips, so we have to strengthen everything up. Some people aren't flexible enough. Um, you know, so really identifying the hip mobility and stability in order to determine what that person needs. There's, there's some similarities in males and females as well. Females typically have um, looser hips. They can move a little bit better, so we got to do more strengthening around those areas. Um, males tend to have a little bit tighter hips, um, you know, just in what I've seen. And, and so those are generally the, the target areas. But for the most part, you, what, what I'm trying to do is get people rotating because it's such a rotary sport that you want to rotate in the right areas, which is your thoracic spine and your hips. Your lumbar spine should remain mostly stable. There shouldn't be a whole lot of motion in there because you should be able to get the 90 degrees of turn that you want out of the other two segments that are rotating. And then how does that differ for, you know, your, your typical client? How does it differ between them and, say, a high-level elite, you know, say, PGA Tour caliber golfer? What are the, what are the issues that you typically will work on or look for with a, a person who's that, in that high level? It's honestly usually the same thing. Um, thoracic mobility, and then any type of hip issues at all. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with a, a few high, really high-level golfers. Um, the, the big difference between the, the high-level high golfer and the, the person who's just kind of starting out is the high-level golfer has had so many different lessons and so many people telling them different things that they have an idea of how they should move and what they should be doing. But getting through them that, yeah, you're moving this way, but I don't think that's optimal for you. I think we need to change it a little bit and do this instead because it will make your swing a lot easier and more fluid. It, it, you're, so the approach for education is completely different. As far as limitations in mobility, generally the, the professional has, you know, good neuromuscular control. They can, they can isolate segments. They can move their upper body without moving their lower body. Um, it, they have pretty good strength. It's finding the small things. So while the areas of my focus and the areas where they need improvement might be the same as the amateur golfer, 
the differences and the changes are much smaller. You know, it, it takes a keen eye to find the, the faults in a, in a professional swing compared to an amateur swing when it comes to, with regard to movement. And then, so say you're, you know, we have people who are listening to this uh, podcast and, and they're, they're maybe not as uh, down that road, obviously, as a professional golfer. Maybe they're just, you know, encountering specific uh, uh, things that happen on the golf course consistently. And they have an idea that, you know, there's probably something that's related to their um, movement. Um, are there, can you give me like one specific uh, drill or exercise that you think would kind of apply to a, a pretty wide subsection of golfers that, you know, if you, you were able to do this a specific amount of times, it's probably going to help your game? Um, yeah, it's, again, it's tough because everybody's so individual. It's hard to, to give one specific. But generally, most people are weak through their glutes, specifically their external rotators, the posterior gluteus medius in a flex position of the hips. Um, in, in English, that, that's essentially the, uh, the back side of your butt that rotates the entire torso. Um, I talked to Jim Suddy uh, a while ago about what we felt the most important muscle in golf was, and we both agreed the posterior gluteus medius. So strengthening that muscle um, will generally help just about everybody. And, and the easy way to do that is just a single leg bridge where you, you're on your back, your knees are bent, you lift your hips up off the table, and then you kick one leg straight out. So your thighs are level, one foot is in the air, the other one's still stable on the floor or on the table, whichever you're on, and you're going to hold that for five seconds, and then you're going to switch legs. Um, the, the issue where people will run into this is they'll over-recruit their hamstrings, so it's really important that you pay attention to the heel, and you don't dig your heel into the table or into the floor. You want that foot to be flat, and your pressure to be going through the middle of the foot. Um, if you're over-recruiting with the hamstrings, then we're, just, we're going the wrong direction. Um, but that's a good starting point, and as that gets easier, you can hold it for longer. Um, but that, that muscle, in my opinion, is one of the most important and forgotten muscles for, from a strength and conditioning perspective. That's terrific. Thank you. Um, I've got two more questions. Uh, number one, and I think it would be fascinating to have your perspective uh, from what you know and how the body works, and then also, since you have a background as a golfer, how can you – how do you think – having this wealth of knowledge that you have about body movement, how does that affect you as a golfer? Are you, do you look at things a little bit differently in terms of like, oh, I can feel like my hips aren't firing or, you know, like you just said, the gluteus uh, medius is not firing? Or are you kind of thinking about your body when you're making the swing or do you think you're, you're kind of like a, most golfers where you're thinking positions? Um, yes and no. Uh, once I get out there, it, it's just a, a, a function of, you know, it's just like in poker. You're going to play the hand that you have. So, you know, if, it, if you're hitting the ball and you have a little bit of a draw that day, you're going to play that drop. If you got a little bit of a fade, you're going to play that fade. Um, you know, it, I, I don't play as much as I should, so I'm not nearly as consistent as, I, as it used to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think about am I – Am I moving in the right positions? Am I turning the right way? Am I, am I engaging the right muscles right now? And if I'm not, then I definitely on the range will do some 
neuromuscular re-education exercises to try to get some things moving a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm still just an amateur golfer. So if I'm really struggling, I'll have my playing partner take a video of me, and I'll send it to Jake, and I'll say, what do you got for me? Because I, I can't figure it out. Um, so I, in that sense, I, I'm just the same as every other amateur golfer. When I get out there, I'm focused on, you know, how can I play the best of my abilities today? And I try to develop the body in the off-season as well as when I'm not on the course to move the way that it should and the way that I want it to so I don't have to think about how the body moves. Well, that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I could certainly see that, uh, you know, having that unique perspective, it does uh, lend itself to the sort of that analytical approach to all of that. And so, um, so my final question then for you, and I've asked this, nearly every interview, is uh, uh, give me your favorite, uh, say, two or three golf courses. Could be public, could be private in the Chicagoland area. Obviously, your Atletico facility in Elgin, you know, you have some really nice tracks out there. Um, what are your favorites? Um, yeah, that's a hard question. There's so many good courses in Chicago. Uh, I, I, I didn't grow up here, so I still getting to know a lot of the courses in the area. Um, I've been lucky enough to play some of the, the top courses in all of Chicago, private and public. Um, I've gotten to play Butler a couple times, and I got to play Chicago golf once. Um, obviously, those two are gorgeous, and, and I absolutely love them. But, um, so I, I love Butler. I would put Butler up there, obviously. Um, I actually really enjoyed Chicago Highlands as well. I'm kind of a link style player. I really like the link style. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, in going along those that theme, I really like um, uh, the Elgin Highlands too. So that, I mean, I, I got to play that course this past summer. It was affordable and it was, you didn't even feel like you were in Elgin. You felt like you were in the middle of, you know, a field and you're in, some great golf out there for really, really affordable prices. And um, I, I was really impressed when I got out there and, and played it. This has been the Chicago Golf Report podcast. Visit chicagogolfreport.com right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago golf news, and in-depth event listings.